1: Love Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the AFC West Show. We're coming to you live here with the results of Week Five and a look at the upcoming Week Six in the NFL. As always, you can give us a call. We're live on the air. Six four six 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 eight 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 three seven is the number to dial up and uh, get a hold of us. Also, if you want, hit us up on Twitter at AFC West Show. We'll be monitoring that, watching for your. Uh, comments and questions there and tonight i'm joined by the second half of the afc west show daryl how you doing tonight
0: i am ready to go ready for week number five all right actually week number six i'm one week behind because we missed last week
1: yeah we uh we did uh have a uh a pressing engagement last week and we're unable to uh, be live, but we are back and a uh, lot to talk about since then. You know, uh, we, we had had some interesting things happening when we last talked and since then more interesting things are going on. You know, uh, I got to ask you, are you, uh, are you making sure that you're working out in a clean gym and uh, and going to good doctors right now?
0: Well, yeah, there's nothing uh nothing that isn't scary about getting a staph infection that just doesn't stop. Nobody wants to think about that. I mean, I heard it explained very succinctly the other day by a physician I, as a non physician will probably butcher this, but I'll keep it very short. I guess we all have staph bacteria on our on our body and it takes a, a cut and then that can get in there. Usually our body deals with it, but apparently there are some mutated forms that are antibiotic resistant or difficult to treat. And Daniel Fells certainly is, uh, we're, we're happy to hear he's not gonna lose his split, but he still has a long road coming uh, to come back. So our thoughts are with him. And yes, I'm working out in a clean gym.
1: You know, it's a it can be a death blow for teens that uh, have staph infections at their facility. And, uh, and most interestingly enough, from this now that the New York Health Department has uh, stepped on this, uh, has been the revelation that he had been given uh, given some some cortisone shots or some pain relief shots. And uh, now they're checking the integrity of the uh, needle. Uh, and the area in the locker room where he was given these uh these injections. So certainly a, a scary thing as you say. I know that uh you know any time that uh you have something like that you definitely wish for the best. Uh fells the reason why we do bring him up the former Broncos we have some AFC West ties. Currently now of course with the New York Giants. But uh you know it's something to uh to keep in mind and You know, we had some games last week as well.
0: Yeah, we sure did, and a lot came out of that, I'll tell you. Uh, Some hopes were dashed, some were raised, and uh, it was an up-and-down battle. So let's talk a little bit about that, Darren. Uh, We'll come to the divisional game in a minute, but let's start with Chicago at Kansas City. What happened there?
1: Well, you know, uh, Kansas City actually looks like they have this game in control, a 17-3 uh, lead. And, uh, you know, unfortunately then the, uh, the unthinkable happened. Jamal Charles left with a uh, knee injury at that time, is all it was called. But uh, uh, from there it started to, to spiral downhill. The Chicago Bears ended up uh, winning the game by a score of 18-17. to uh, Matt Forte was 71 yards and uh you know Jay Cutler he uh he was uh solid on the on the game he ended up with 252 yards two touchdowns no interceptions uh, so that was the uh, story of the game the bad news that came out of it uh is Jamal Charles with his torn ACL
0: yeah that is that is tragic I mean that's a that's a huge loss for Kansas City, and uh, we'll set them back. I think one thing that I'd like to point out in that game is that uh, it seemed like the that the Bears had folded and were ready to kind of call it a season, but they have won their last two games, and they're, they're moving forward. And that was a great little dump-off play by Cutler to Forte to, to secure the victory there, and it's a shame for Kansas City. So one and four they are. We'll talk about them in a minute. I want to move on to uh, Denver versus Oakland, the AFC West divisional game. And Oakland thought that they could maybe catch Denver here, that they had improved, and they were kind of the surprise team. And I'd say they still are, in the, in the, uh, certainly in the AFC West and maybe across the NFL. We'll talk more about that in detail shortly. But, Darren, what happened in that game?
1: You know, I think a lot of uh, Denver fans were on pins and needles for a, a good portion of that game. Although the Raiders never got a big lead, going into the locker room seven to three after intercepting Peyton Manning in the end zone on what uh, looked like a sure uh, opportunity for the Broncos to move ahead and go into the uh, locker room at the half, the Raiders were feeling confident. Uh, Jack Del Rio was very pleased with his team not allowing those points. Uh, you know, the second half, the Broncos were able to to score a pair of field goals. We had to miss Sebastian Janikowski field goals, which are almost unheard of. And finally, a, a big-time pick six in the fourth quarter by Chris Harris, Jr., where he uh, ran it back for a 70-plus yard uh, INT for the touchdown. With that, uh, that was the story. Latavius Murray was held to 39 yards. Uh, they went away from him in the second half with Olawale getting the the majority of the carries, and he only ended up with uh, 13 yards, and he got six in the second half. So the Denver defense, uh, you know, really held the uh, the Oakland rushing game down. And aside from uh, from a couple of long passes, you had a 33 uh, yarder to to Wofford, and also then you had a a 25 yarder to Crabtree. Uh, Overall, Oakland was uh, fairly quiet for the majority of the game.
0: Well, both teams struggled on offense, and I think um, the Oakland offense has matured significantly from last year. Derek Carr has moved up. That Broncos defense is tenacious and really tough. Two big turnovers uh, that were very pivotal on the game, and I think you could understand why they might have struggled. Now, some people might have been surprised at the Broncos' lack of success, but the defense in, in Oakland it, it played much better than what it has statistically in certain areas, and it does have a, a stout rush defense. So, in some ways, they're well-prepared to keep growing. Um, people are asking around the NFL about Peyton Manning, and and that's a great question. He didn't look good the offense didn't score a touchdown, so that was very disappointing for Bronco fans, but it was a victory and a tight-fought victory. You're right, a lot of people holding their breath. Monday night brought us Pittsburgh at San Diego, and uh, San Diego, we've talked about them potentially moving. That's nothing new for our for fans of the NFL, but, you know, there's yellow and there's blue here in San Diego, but I think there was a lot more yellow and black on Monday night, then yellow and blue. At least from what I've heard from players in San Diego, and that game was pretty exciting, Darren. It came down to the last minute. In the last
1: minute, who won? Well, you know, unfortunately, there were a lot more towels there than there were bolts, and that tells you something when when both teams have yellow. But uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers last second uh, a very gutsy call by Mike Tomlin. Twenty four twenty was the final score. Five seconds remain. They uh, went with a handoff from the wild – or a, a wildcat snap, not even really a handoff, to Le'Veon Bell, uh, who scampers in, gets the touchdown on the second effort, and uh, clock expires. Game over, 24-20. to 20. Amazing game. Uh, Beans that Michael Vick was silent for the majority of the game. Came up big in the fourth quarter with a huge scamper, actually. On, on, on third down and long for for Pittsburgh, I, I believe it was around a 24-yard run he had. Uh, third and long, gets him up into field goal range. Then they end up with 16 seconds, throwing to Heath Miller, getting down to the one with a penalty or half-yard line then. And amazing game. Uh, Philip Rivers said after the game that it was like playing a away game. The crowd was so noisy and so uh, much behind dealers.
0: Yeah, and I think everybody was shocked that, uh, well, first of all, a lot of things went on. The clock ran down an extra 18 seconds. The Pittsburgh team did not, well, the Steelers did not have to call a timeout because of a penalty that occurred. And then finally, they took a play that a lot of people felt, why the hell don't you have Michael Vick roll out and either throw it away and have some margin of safety there. But it worked out, and and, uh, it's like a walk-off home run. It's just a brutal, crushing experience. So uh, San Diego is left to kind of see what they can do. We talked about their injuries the week before this last, and it's no different. They still are struggling with those. So let's talk a little bit more about each of the teams, Darren, and see what we can uh, share about what's going on in each of the places. Where do you want to start?
1: Well, let's start off with the Raiders. You know, they have a great time for a bye Week. Luckily, they are going to be uh, taking the the week off. They're needing to do that with Justin Tuck, uh suffering from a shoulder injury. Uh, along with that, Derek Carr had a rough game against the Broncos. Got a little uh, dinged up. Nothing significant though. But uh, he he did uh, admit to some soreness after that game. So it's going to give the the Oakland Raiders a chance to uh, to kind of rest and recuperate. Along with that. They are able to take what they've worked on, and according to uh, Jack Del Rio, they're going to go ahead and now put in some more, uh, some more plays and more kinks into this offense to really start expanding. He's very pleased with what Derek Carr has been able to do, and he thinks that it's now time to uh, to go ahead and continue to expand on that.
0: Well, and the week, the bye week will help with that. So I think that that's uh, an interesting thing. We'll see how how it goes. I know that the, uh, the feelings weren't great when when Del Rio left Denver, and it seems like his teams bought into him. I know in Denver for the first few years they did. So we'll see if it's a long term thing or not. But certainly they're ahead of schedule. They have time to plan. I haven't yet analyzed the second half of their schedule. Maybe we should do that around week 8 uh, or 9, but um I think that they do have the up, upside more than a lot of teams. So it's an exciting time for Oakland. The one thing I'd say is their defense has certainly been keeping them in games and making it um and and making it uh, close. Their uh their defense is is 18th, so it's just a little below the middle. But interestingly enough, their offense was the big step up, and they've been playing very well. And Latavius Murray and Derek Carr are part of that, along with Amani Cooper, and they're actually uh, the ninth-ranked offense in the NFL.
1: You know, uh, really quickly, they they will be also allowing Latavius Murray a little chance to rest. He got benched in the the second half of the last two games, and they didn't call it benching. He has a sore shoulder that, uh, that he's working through. But it will give a chance for us because they do have uh you, you mentioned the schedule, they do have some brutal games coming up just really quickly. The Chargers, Jets, Steelers, Vikings, Lions, Titans, Chiefs, Broncos, Packers. So uh no walkovers in there, uh, you know, on those. They're after the Titans, after Lions. So those two uh, teams that have losing records right now, but those both will be on the road.
0: And that'll that'll pose a challenge for them, no doubt about it. How about we move on and, and take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs? We know the big news is not really news anymore. Jamal Charles is out with a torn ACL, Darren.
1: You know, he is. And uh, and uh, Adrian Peterson reached out to Jamal Charles and said that uh, that he's going to go ahead and uh, and ask uh, Jamal Charles to rehab and, and to work out with him over the over next uh, off-season, but I think it's a little early for Jamal Charles to think about that. You know, in the meantime, they're going to have to turn to uh, Kendrick West, who will inherit the feature role from, from Jamal Charles and, and see what he can do to keep them alive. You know, their coach, uh, Andy Reid, we talked about this a little bit. He is saying that this team doesn't have heart. So something that uh, that he's trying to motivate them, light a fire, uh, if they don't get heart, you know, I, I wonder how many more years they will give Andy Reid. I think he's got a little
0: more room there. You're right about the heart. I understand, but it was a bruising game against Denver, and um, I don't know that that's a fair assessment. And then they had to go in and play uh, and play uh, Green Bay. That that's tough, but you're right. The the uh the Chiefs are in a very free fall form. Uh nobody expected that. We both picked them to be much higher. As a matter of fact, I'm slotting the Chiefs right now for the Raiders slot and I'm going to take the Raiders card out and I'm gonna put it right up in that Chiefs slot because frankly I know that San Diego should be a better team than what, what it is, but the Raiders have played, I think, better in these five games than San Diego has. And so if I really had to put a a wager on one of these teams, I probably would still put it on San Diego for now, but I'm darn tempted to put it on Oakland because of the way they played.
1: You know, I, I would have to agree with you, and uh, you mentioned the Chargers. What can you tell me out of uh, San Diego after that bitter defeat to the uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers?
0: Well, it was tough. I mean, that field goal going in from Josh Lambeau and the the belief by the Chargers that they had won that game, and then you mentioned the Michael Vick scamper that really made a difference. There were a couple of key plays. One was the Marcus Wheaton reception, and the other was that Michael Vick scamper. And I guess you could throw in the last the last play of the game, the touchdown, because, gosh, he only made that by a few inches, so that was pretty tight. Um There's a lot of injury going on. Uh, The injury bug has bit San Diego for the last few weeks. And in last year, too, many teams go through this. But for them, it's been really brutal on the offensive line. And so King Dunlap has a concussion, and Chris Watt has a concussion, and uh, DJ Fluker, I don't believe, practiced today uh, or was limited. So they have a lot of offensive line problems, and not to mention uh, some of their defensive play. And we'll talk about that more. I think you might have something to say about that, but Antonio Gates is back and Darren, how did he look to you?
1: Well, you know, he came back with a vengeance after that four year steroid uh, or uh PED um, suspension, you know, so, so he came back strong two TDs. He hit that magical hundred hundred uh, touchdown reception. followed up with his hundred and first. So great, uh, Great story for him coming back uh, big, and at the same time, Ladarius Green, who who shined, and Antonio Gates' absence was a uh, was, was a good target as well for Philip Rivers. So this is something that uh, now that they're getting all their their offensive uh, weapons on the receiving game, and my question is: is Malcolm Gordon, who ended up with only only 52 yards uh, between him and Danny Woodhead against the Steelers, are these running backs going to get going to make it a uh, well-rounded offense?
0: Uh, you know, that's a big question. Danny, they've played the dump-off game very well, and that was a lot of what they did with um, Pittsburgh, and that's important. you got to play towards your strengths and do what you can. I think the – The question is, how long can that work against a good defense? If you remember, people think of Pittsburgh as having a great defense. But remember that first game against Rob Gronkowski? That defense actually allowed Gronkowski to go out there and line up all alone with nobody there and proceed to score three touchdowns in that first game. So I think that defense has gotten better, but it still has a lot of holes. And they they actually – we're, I mean, San Diego was unable to really exploit that defense. So I think that, that that's a, a big problem. So going to Green Bay is going to be a huge problem for San Diego, and we'll come back and focus on that in a minute. I'm going to flip it back over to you, Darren, and uh, we know that they need to get an offensive line going. What's going on with their defense? How do they rank, and what do you see as their defensive problem?
1: you know their defense is allowing points uh 32.8 uh, they're 30th in the league Here's here's the one issue if you watch the game at all uh at uh Barrett, Jason Barrett held Antonio Brown pretty much uh re- receptionless but on the other side Brandon Flowers looked like a uh looked like an old man out uh, there also along with that uh they were giving up you know they, they were just not uh stopping Le'Veon Bell he ended up with hundred and eleven yards. He was getting through the first line back to the second line uh they did uh they did uh create one uh they created a, it was not a fumble but uh it caused a fumble of didn't uh, recover it so they did create that but overall they were a team that uh, they just looked a little bit sluggish out there. And you could see that they did not have that front line that was stopping people. Now, granted, Manti Te'o uh, missed today's practice with an injury, so it makes you wonder what uh, what kind of uh, uh, injury effect that had on the game. But for the whole t- game on on uh, Monday night, they only had six quarterback hits, which is something that when you're playing uh, playing a aged Michael Vick, you need to uh to get a little bit more pressure, a little more stop up front if they're going to go ahead and be able to uh to really slow down some of these offensive firepowers that they have yet to play including the Green Bay Packers.
0: I and you're right and and so I think where I started going before I got sidetracked looking at that defense is that they thought they could exploit it. Um, but in reality, they found the they thought they found a weak area in that mid range. They just couldn't quite exploit the longer passes that they thought they could. Uh, and so, with Malcolm or uh, with, with uh, Gordon there, they they had a Melvin Gordon. I don't know if they trusted him as much. He's I don't think he's running badly, but I do believe the offensive line being in shambles causes problems for him. And the other part is that they really thought they could pass a little more against the Steeler defense. And they did have some great screen plays and short plays that turned into big games, but overall uh, some big mistakes. And you pointed out the defense. That's going to be a huge issue for the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers right now, their defense is the, uh, is the 30th defense in the NFL. So their offense is in a whole hell of a lot better at 23rd. So we've got to see some some more uh, our better defense, and we've got to see some more output from the offense. I want to move to Denver. I know we're running short on time. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, the Denver defense is dominant. Nobody's uh, surprised about that after the few, first few weeks unless you are living in a cave. So they are – They have a 15.8 points per game against, and that's the second in the NFL. I believe the Jets are the only team with a better points per game average. The offense, though, Darren, I don't know. I've got nothing on that offense. Well, maybe I've got everything. What what do you think?
1: You know, the passing game, uh, 33rd in the league, rushing game 30th, and a lot's been said about uh, is Peyton Manning done with uh, or – you know, is it uh, Kubiak's system? Do they have to uh, give the uh, aging quarterback something? You know, I, I think as much as I, uh, I question the uh, the skill and proper usage of John Elway under Dan Reeves, he really hit it on the head when he mentioned that uh, when Dan Reeves did, when John Elway did get old, they moved him back to the shotgun because that's what he was comfortable in, and, and uh, they went that way consistently. Lead. That's what he had always enjoyed when he struggled or had issues. So they did that for him, and that extended his career. Uh, granted, they did have a, a great running back in Terrell Davis, uh, but at the same time, you know, Paid Manning is accustomed to this shotgun. Uh, they have a very young offensive line. Uh, I, I just have to think that at some point this offensive line is going to be able to finally start to get their groove together and allow some – more runs out of the shotgun and out of the, uh, the pistol that right now uh, they've been running here and there with Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah. And I, the only comment I have to add to that is that the Denver Broncos had an offensive line that actually was extremely talented at that time and had several pro bowlers on it throughout, uh, if, if not just pro bowlers, actually some hall of famers. So I think Schlereth is in line to maybe go in. We know that Zimmerman is in, uh, Tony Jones, some of those guys. And then you had some other Hall of Famers and people that were uh, perennial pro bowlers there. And and our offensive line right now doesn't have that. So I I don't know that I can see them totally – Mix, but I understand the concept And it'll be interesting to see what happens there You mentioned that Denver's uh, Again, really struggling both on Running and throwing the ball And so where do you go from there? And I guess where we go from there is You take solace in the defense and know that The defense is the strongest In the NFL by far And as a matter of fact, it's not even close It's not a neck-and-neck race St. Louis has the second-best defense Statistically, and they're heads and tails behind Denver. So living on defense and um, trying to find the offense. So we'll find out what happens. Darren, should we go to the games for this weekend and see what we have going on? Are you ready to pick, or do you have any more
1: prognostications? You know, I, I have my uh, my game board set up here and my uh, prognostications are ready. It's got my uh, my – Nostradamus hat on, and uh, I, I think that uh, let's start off with the uh, let's start off with Kansas City at Minnesota game. And you know, I like Minnesota in this game. I'm going to say that uh, they will win by seven. I just feel that uh, you know they were able to run against the uh, Chargers. They were able to to slow down the offense, a Kansas City offense that that uh, is only scored uh, two or three. Uh, touchdowns to receivers this game and without a Jamal Charles watch out in Minnesota, Minnesota, the purple people eaters by seven.
0: They, you know, Minnesota has a pretty good defense and they look good. Adrian Peterson is a load to stop. And I'm not sure that um, Kansas Kansas city is up to that because I haven't seen them play a really good running team. I do know they're going to get some pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. The good thing for Minnesota is that Teddy Bridgewater tends to be kind of mobile and can make plays on his feet if he has to, a la Russell Russell Wilson, maybe not quite at the same level. But he's budding and developing. I'm going to go with Minnesota as well. I'm going to say Minnesota can win this game by five. If I was to have to put money or shillings on the table, I'd say five points for Minnesota.
1: San Diego at Green Bay. Well, this one, uh, I have Green Bay by 14. Green Bay is favored by 11.5. I think they'll cover the spread. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. If Eddie Lacy uh, is is healthy throughout the game, which which he should be, uh, you might as well count him for at least 80 yards on the ground. Uh, No stopping him, San Diego. I'm sorry you're traveling back east. Better luck next time.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. What I would do if I were you, San Diego fans, is find the biggest Green Bay fan, the one that is the most pumped up and will give you the highest spread and put your money against that. Because I'm only saying by seven. I do think that San Diego has pride, but we'll see who's healthy and who's not. It's early. We're still four days away, so it's really hard to tell saying that it's it's going to be tough for that to happen. As a victory for San Diego, I got a seven-point uh, Green Bay win. So I know that we're going to be coming up against the deadline here. We've got the Raiders with a bye week, Darren, so we don't have to pick them. Should we wait until after the uh, buzzer, or should we go ahead and dump Denver out and Cleveland?
1: Go ahead and uh, tell me your prognostication.
0: Well, we have Denver 5-0 and that's traveling to Cleveland, and that's always an issue. So I think that does that does mean that you should pay attention to that. But, uh, again, you can't count Cleveland out. They've, they've played really well. Josh McCown's had a couple of 300- and 400-yard games. He's going to throw the ball all over the yard, but that Denver defense is really strong. So I think the question is, what's going to happen there. And I know that we're coming up. So Darren, should we go to the break there? Or do you want to add a little more suspense to this whole?
1: Thing? Let's, uh, let's take a break. Follow us at AFC West Show. We'll be back with the pick after this. <laughs> Back with the picks. So we've got one last game. Daryl, it was almost his pick when he got stalled up by the bumper music. Well, Daryl, who's going to win the game?
0: Well, again, you'd want to say that this is going to be a big game for one or the other, and it's a big game for both, but in reality, I would be shocked if Denver lost this game. I'm going to say that Denver will pull this out by actually uh, seven points, or I'm sorry, five points, seven points. I I can't read there. Uh, Seven points. And the the reason why I say that is people that are fans of Denver would like them to really get that run game going, get the throwing game going, but you've got to look at it incrementally, and I haven't seen it. So I I haven't seen this Cleveland defense be – Terrible. I've seen them make mistakes. The offense hasn't been abysmal. I've seen them make mistakes. And so I see Denver going to the Midwest and playing a a tough-fought game but coming out by seven points. And hopefully, for Denver fans, they'll see a little improvement in the run game. And we'll see how the offensive line does. But those are things I'm going to look for Denver by seven.
1: Well, you know, that's an interesting pick. Uh, it's an early morning game, so expect Denver to start out slow. That's one uh one area that uh that I think that most of the West Coast teams have gotten accustomed to with their teams when they travel to the east. Uh that being said, um, McGlown ended up with I believe uh four hundred and thirty some odd yards last uh last week's passing. Uh with to Talib currently in a walking boot. And uh, Chris Harris Jr., Bradley Roby being the uh, starters, if, if uh, Talib is unavailable, you know I, I still think that's going to be a, a tougher, a tougher uh, job for McCloud, especially with a, a Denver pass rush. And the amazing thing has been, even with uh, Demarcus Ware going out with his injury last game, uh, the Broncos were still able to get some good pressure against the decent uh, Oakland offensive line. I believe that, you know, we haven't seen a Denver team either get a lead. So if Denver can get a seven, 10-point lead, and this defense was allowed to pin their ears back even more, it could become a real long day for a, a young team that doesn't have a lot of weapons uh, in the running back area. Uh, if they're forced to throw a lot, it could definitely become a long afternoon for for Cleveland. I think, though, that, uh, you know, this team wants to win. I think Denver, uh, with a couple of missing uh, players on the defense, would uh, win this but by six, we'll say. All right, we're not that far
0: apart. So the last thing I want to leave everybody with is uh, living in San Diego, we have an opportunity to listen to the local San Diego media, and they obviously uh, focus on the Chargers. And so yesterday – or was it today? It was today I was struck by a local radio host, uh, Jeff Dotseth, who feels that the Chargers no doubt will win next week against the Green Bay Packers. And his rationale for this is that the Chargers in 10 years win the games they should uh, that they should lose and lose the games they should win. And so he's flipping everything over and deciding how – Things will be based on that. I don't know, Darren. I, I'm not going to Vegas on that. But uh, going back to the Chargers, they have a lot of good things going. It's just a tough call for them to, to go there. Anything that you think could be surprising or maybe shift that that uh, game a little bit more? Because I know that, that that's kind of the surprise team to be floundering.
1: You know, the only thing I can say is that uh, if Aaron Rodgers ends up with a uh, with a cold or the flu on Saturday and ends up missing the game, then we might be able to uh, to talk about that uh, prediction coming true. Otherwise, I just don't see it happening. The talent level on on Green Bay is what uh, several teams uh, they aspire to to live up to that, and and very few, you know. If you had to come down to in the top ten quarterbacks in the league, I guess you could probably say that Philip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers both are, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is a, a step above. And Mike McCoy, hate to say this, but you know what? Uh, if you want a great team that uh, can't win the big game, get Mike McCoy as your head coach, and you'll have that. Uh, he's too conservative. He does not inspire his players. He doesn't get them to the level they need to be to to win the big game. Uh, this loss will be on Mike McCoy and the San Diego Chargers.
0: Alright, that's pretty definitive, I guess. So I I guess you don't see visions of uh... Brandon Flowers intercepting a lot of, uh, Aaron Rodgers' passes. You don't see Eric Weddle making the big play. Um, maybe Jason Brett can, can make the plays as long as he's healthy, but you just don't see that defense being able to hold up. Is that correct?
1: Last I checked, uh, Eric who, uh, I think that he doesn't even call the plays anymore in San Diego. A fall from grace. He has had, and, uh, I don't expect him to be with the team next year, so uh, it's kind of a swan song for Eric Weddle. But, uh, uh, you know, Brandon Flowers, mm, I, I don't see him doing much. Uh, you know, looking down the list, maybe Daryl Stuckey will come up with a big play and uh, and uh, turn the, the tide for them.
0: All right, Darren, I guess that will be it for this week. Uh, going into week number six, and AFC West fans, enjoy the weekend we've got a fun weekend coming up unless you're a raiders fan and then it's a get healthy weekend make sure that you have your own fun i guess darren i'm going to turn it over to you i'm going to say good night and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next weekend
1: follow us on twitter at afc west show be sure and uh, hit up the podcast listen to past episodes we'd love to hear from you talk to us on Twitter, we watch that, we monitor, and we respond. So looking forward to hearing from all of you out there. Thanks for listening and good night.